0: Share
1: you only I enter to honor I enter, I enter this. morning. Good day.
2: And we're trusting God for a good word. I want you to close your eyes as we prepare for God's word. And as always, I always believe that coming into his presence to hear his word offers us the opportunity to prepare our heart. So we take a minute to just ask God to prepare your heart for his word that is coming, the ministration that is coming. And trust God to give your word. Trust God to give you a word that will change you. You don't want to leave here as it is any other Sunday, but God should do something in your life. So open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray and say, Lord, prepare my heart this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're ready. We're available to you. We have come into your presence not to just play church, but rather to experience you, to receive a word from you. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. In Jesus' name. And everyone will say amen. Amen. Are you ready for church? Are you ready for God this morning? I know everybody is expecting a Christmas message as usual, traditional Christmas message. How many of you are expecting your Christmas gifts? If you're expecting any gifts, raise your hand. Let me see. Any gifts, whether it's from your mom, your dad, whoever it is. Oh, some of you are not expecting gifts. Oh. I think next time, one time we should do something. Everyone should get a gift for somebody else. You know, in some churches, that's what they do. What do you think? It's a good idea, right? So as long as you come to church, what we'll do is that you pick someone's name. So we shuffle names. You pick someone's name. And then whoever's name you pick, you buy something for that person come Christmas. Is that a good idea? Christmas in a box. Uncle Moses, maybe next year we we'll try that, right? We don't want anyone to be left behind, but we're trusting God and, um, as I was preparing, I was just talking to God. It had been a struggle. I said, God, t- should it be a typical Christmas message? What should I say? What should I tell your people? What, what what are you expecting of us? What do you want to tell them, Holy Spirit? And I came with a short word because um, we're going to spend some time praying and we're trusting God to do some things in our lives. Turn with me to the book of uh, chapter
0: 1. I'd like it to be put on screen It is now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was brought to, to Joseph, before they came together, to she has found the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, as minded to put her away simply. But while he thought about
1: these things, was a of age, the of was of so you marry your wife, that which is conceived
0: in so her I don't know whether we've given this much time. The Bible says that she was betrothed, In other words, she was engaged. In those days, when we say betrothed, be, they be meant engagement. So here was a man called Joseph, a young lad, I believe, an upright man. Was pledged to be married. You know, our very own Uncle Solo Pi, the not too many. Where's Uncle It's And disappeared. I'm here. You know, so he can relate. <laughs> and this man was pledged to be married to a woman called Mary. So he had done engagement. So in our culture, we call it traditional wedding, right? So usually we do it a few days before. And after he had done the traditional wedding a few days before, He found out that his wife was pregnant. Not pregnant by him, but somehow she was pregnant.
1: all and it, the 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 and the 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 people the You I do? What if you feel like with me? Yeah. Nevermova. the I am gonna where else inside, I
0: Consider the real wedding. So,
2: once you did the engagement, you were legally married to the lady. The only thing was that you were kept away, according to Jewish culture, you were kept in your father's house for a time. Yesterday I was reading and I found that sometimes the period could extend to as, as much as 12 months, one year.
0: Yes! So imagine Joseph waiting. He had been dead, he had been engaged
2: then. After six months, he's still waiting. They said 12 months period. Then he finds out that his wife is pregnant. Because the Bible says that his wife and found that his wife was pregnant. So he said, I'll leave her. But I'll do it quietly. I don't want to make a public spectacle of her. I don't want to embarrass her. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to who? To Joseph. Now, this is the birth of Jesus. This is the controversy that's surrounding Jesus. How can someone be born by one parent? Have you heard it before? But you see, some of us can relate. Those of you who are single parents, you've never seen your dads before. Or you may, you've never seen your moms, so you can relate a little bit. It's like, mommy, where's daddy he said, oh, your dad left you when, before you were even born. Some of you have lost your dads. You've lost your moms. I mean, so you may be able to relate. But this is bizarre. It's not normal. Yes, yet still, this is how Jesus came into the world. And you see, this controversy doesn't end here. We always say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Do you know, how many of you know what the word Christmas means or where it even came from? Let's go down memory lane very quickly. The word Christmas just comes from Christ and Mass. Now, Mass is just a large number of people, right? Now, This word was traced down from the Roman pagans. So back in the day, the Romans used to do something. I'm just going to break it down, okay? There was a god called Saturnalia that they used to worship. And they used to worship that god for one week between the 17th and the 25th of December, according to the Julian calendar. That is the Roman calendar. So during that time, you know what they would do? (laughs) The Romans would first, they would first initiate ceremony or the festivities by closing down their law court. So nobody was supposed to do any work. And then everyone was given the license to hurt anybody. Yes! You could hurt anybody. So within that period, you, you can get up, you can slice someone's throat. You're smiling. You shouldn't be smiling. (laughs) He's smiling. Should I be worried? So, that was a legal license during that period. And then the Romans would continue by selecting one person in their community, and it was a Jew. That Jew would be a victim of, I mean, ridicule. When I say ridicule, they will put that victim to shame. They would mal- mal- handle that victim. They would kick the victim. They would rape the victim. And one of the signs during that period, one of the things they did was they would move in groups, Singing songs while I was naked. So a group of people walking from house to house, singing songs, and they're naked. They would rape other people. So people could rape other people within that period, and it was legal. Someone said, (laughs) it's too much. But this is what the, the Roman pagans were doing back in the day, because they were honoring their God, Saturnalia. That, that, that was that was what that was a the practice then Christianity began to come forth so you know what they did they began to say you know what we can use this as leverage we can use this to our advantage so what do we do we are going to try to win the masses by adopting this practice called Saturnalia someone said error look at somebody and say error that is where the word came from Christ mass and According to history, they succeeded in winning masses of people. So there were thousands and thousands of people that converted into Christianity because they believed that this practice, this festive period, could still be practiced. So when they converted, the Christians still allowed them to practice some of these things. Wild intoxication, drinking, boozing, just name it, all manner of buffets, And during that period, some, a man called Lucian, a historian, he would record that there were men and women who were raped because he was there, and he documented it. He would write it in a poem, men and women who were raped. So, so much so that even in the, 14th, in the 15th century, the Catholic Pope, the second Catholic Pope, he reenacted it, even though the Christians were trying to do away with it. He said that we're going to revive this. You know what they would do? They will feed the people. Look, you eat until you can eat no more. And afterwards, they'll strip you naked. These are the Jews. This is what the Romans will do to the Jews. And they'll cause you to run. It's a contest you're going to do. you run from one end of the street to the other whilst all the Romans are watching you. And they'll be laughing at you. So the idea of feeding them was to make the race difficult and fun. Imagine so full. Sometimes of you're so full, you're lying down. It's like, why a limb, you know? But this is what they would do to the Jews back in the day. So the Christians said, we'll adopt this thing. But they realized that adopting saturnalia was not helping Christianity because people were still practicing these things. They were raping people. They were engaging in wild revelry, right? They were intoxicated. So what did they say? They said, we will now mark saturnalia, not for a week, but we will mark it as one day, 25th of December, to mark the birth of Jesus Christ. So this is how they marked the birth of Jesus Christ. Because in their hope to try to Christianize this practice, they believed that if they could attach it to a sense of deity or to God or to the birth of Christ, this would sort of, you know, dwindle down or at to wane, this practice. But not so. The early Christians kept practicing. They did so not with, with the view that they were celebrating or revering the birth of Christ, but it was with the old practice in mind, saturnalia. It's important that we understand history, and when we celebrate Christmas, we know what it means. Now, I said that Jesus, his birth had controversy. Everything about Jesus is controversial. Do you know that? Especially to the world. Now, let's move on. The Christmas tree. Do you know where the Christmas tree came from? There was a cult called Acherus. This cult was a group of people that used to worship trees in the forest. And they would mark this by adorning and beautifying the trees. Sometimes they'll cut the trees and bring them to their home and beautify it and celebrate it. So the Christians, again, in an attempt to Christianize and win the masses, adopted this practice. That is why you see Christmas trees around. Merry Christmas. The mistletoe. You know the mistletoe? Oh, come on. Those of you, Justin Bieber, you play the song, uh, mistletoe. Where well, some of you go and stand, some of you, you're timing girls, you're waiting, you want that girl, you want that girl. Once she comes under the mistletoe, then you go and stand under with her, then you know the rule. Oh, come on, you know the rule, right? When you stand at the mistletoe with a girl, you have to, simple, but if it's a boy and you're a boy, then I don't know what you're going to do. So this is a tradition, it's a practice that has come from time immemorial. Now, the mistletoe came from what we call Norse mythology, right? Now, Norse mythology has to do with German mythology, like myths and folklore and, you know, stories, right? Whether they're true or not, sometimes you don't know. That's why they call them myths. Now, there, was, there were two gods, Balder and Hod. They were in a war. So... Hog was able to kill Balda. Why were they fighting? They were fighting over a girl. Two gods. Her name was Nana. Yeah. Nana or Nana. So Balda, Hod was able to kill Balda with what? It he used a missile tool carved as an arrow. And in those days, one of the practices, we have what we call Druids. Now, Druids were like big-time politicians in the day in the Celtic, Scottish, German region, who used to practice using mistletoe, the mistletoe, poison the mistletoe, and use it for human sacrifices. And that's one of the practices in Saturnalia. One of the things that they also did was that to end Saturnalia, that week-long celebration, you know what they would do? They would bring those people who they had subject to, you know, punishment, beating, you know, mockery. They'll lay them in states, and they will slaughter them. Human sacrifice. That's where the mistletoe came from. So the Christians also adopted that. They synthesized it by saying, we can, we can win as many as possible, because they were now trying to win those who are around northern Europe, right? Trying to win them in by indulging, saying, we can practice the mistletoe. Because the mistletoe was alliances for sexual activity. That's how come as Christians, they say, okay, when you go under mistletoe, you can kiss. No, it's not Christian practice. not Christian practice. Santa Claus. Oh, I'm getting there. Santa Claus first came from Turkey. Yes, that's where he was born. 290, two what? 279 what, CE you know common era that's what they call it back in the day he died in 345 CE and then there was a group that believed they idolized Santa Claus right his name was Nicholas at the time and because they idolized him they transported his dead his bones right after they moved his bones to a place in Italy called Bari Now, Barry was um, a place of idol worship. It was a shrine. And there was already a goddess there. Now, that goddess, uh, I've forgotten the name, whatever. Epiphanous. Yeah, something Epiphanous. She would take, at night, you know what she would do? She would come and fill the stockings of little children. That was one of the practices. If you watch your Christian movies... You see those little stockings you hang? I'm sure you do it. You hang your stockings there, your socks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we do it, hoping that Santa will go through the chimney (laughs) and put some some sweets in our stockings. That was where the practice first came from. So when they moved the bones of Nicholas, St. Nicholas, because then he wasn't even a a saint. He was only ordained a saint after his death in the 19th century, way after he had died. They, you know what they did? It was a coup d'etat. So they ousted that goddess. They said, oh, We're taking your place. And they took that place as their place of worship. The cult, Nicholas's cult. And as a place where they began to practice, you know, all these things. Now they began giving gifts. Giving of presents, gifts. Mm-hmm. We give gifts during. <laughs> I just, I would say, Oh, that, that one too, is it bad? During the pre Christian era, during the Roman era, what the Romans would do was that they would select citizens, again, Jews, despise citizens, people that they hated, the Jews, and say that they would force them to bring gifts to other people. But with time, it became so popular that everybody began to engage in it. So as everybody began to engage in it, right, it became a popular thing. And then the Christians also adopted it and said that, you know what, again, an attempt to win the masses, right, we will adopt this thing where we practice that because they were still trying to add on to the numbers. Now, Santa Claus, back to Santa Claus. This Santa Claus went through a lot of metamorphosis. Because the Santa Claus we know now was not the Santa Claus. Look, the man was look, this man sat in the council of Nicaea, right? The council that wrote the new or put together the new testament. He was one of those who was part of the council. Saint Nicholas. But he was seen as a strict man because he was a bishop in his time. So they read, they have Santa Claus has gone through so many iterations. So many writers have changed certain things about Santa Claus. And after he was brought to Italy, and he began, he was you know enshrined and buried. What happened was that some writers, there was a man called Thomas Nast. Thomas Nast gave Santa Claus elves. You know the elves, those are the big years. yes, yes years. and then gave him resident permits in the North Pole. Yes, it was. It was all written down. Thomas Nas, you can go check it. Gave him residence to say that Santa will have a home in the North Pole. You have elves to do his work, and the North Pole will become his workstation. That is how come we see Santa coming from the North Pole, you know, riding down. With his sledge and his reindeers, it was Thomas Nast put together that narrative, and it was adopted. <laughs> you want to celebrate Christmas, okay? <laughs> Do you want more? Or should I stop? I'm ruining your Christmas, right? <laughs> should I stop? <laughs> so I should stop. <laughs> so, so one of the things. That was peculiar. There was, another, there was another writer. This writer is funny. There was, again, in Norse mythology, there was, the, do you know Thor? Come on, Thor, Thor, Thor. You know, Thor and his hammer, yeah. Myrmyr. The is called Myrmyr. Myrmyr. Myrmyr, What kind of name is that? I mean, I've watched that movie before. Thor's father. Odin. From Jodenheim. Some of you really know it. That was their kingdom, right? From, no, sorry, Asgard. Jodenheim is earth. That's the name for, okay. So Asgard, sorry, Asgard. He's Asgardian, yeah, whatever. He's a god. Thor's father with another god, right, called Warden. Once a while, every year in autumn, in the evening, Warden, who's a god, would write down the clouds from his residence on a white horse, and he had a white beard. So, you know what? The the worshipers of St. Nicholas, that cult, they merged the personality of St. Nicholas and the God-warden. So those of you who watched the movie, Asgardian, have you seen Thor's Father? Yeah. Lost one eye. Yeah. Big white beard. That's where Santa gets his beard from.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm taking time to explain this because you need to understand. We, we do things by heart. We don't know why. <laughs> Someone says, what about the stomach? <laughs> I saw the stomach. I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. But they merged, so they said, someone put it this way, St. Nicholas was stripped of his Mediterranean personality. I said, hey, guys, break it down. I think Turkey, Mediterranean side. So, as Turkish, you have a certain look. Because a Turkish shouldn't look the way St. Nicholas or or Santa Claus looks like, haven't you realized? Turkish don't look like that. If you go to Palace Shopping Mall, The owners, that's how I mean excuse me, say, he should look something like that. It's true, it's true. That's just the truth. But he doesn't look like that. So he has gone through so many iterations. So they merge the personality. And here comes here comes the big one. In nineteen thirty one, Coca Cola. You know where the color is coming from now. <laughs> Coca-Cola contracted a commercial personality called Sunbloom. Yeah, that guy, I think, was very influential. San Bloom's duty was to redecorate Santa Claus. So what Sunbloom did was that he took his friend. The friend was called Lou Prentice. Now, Lou Prentice was a chubby-looking Friend of his, cheerful, chubby looking. So he modeled Santa after his friend Lou Prentice. That's why you see Ch- Santa. Have you ever seen a thin Santa before? Chubby looking. It came from Lou Prentice. So Coca Cola insisted that Sunbloom Bloom model and trim his coat in such a way that it will reflect the colors of Coca Cola. So they insisted on the red color. And now you have your full blown Santa. Why am I taking time to explain this? Because we celebrate Christmas. And the truth is, Christmas has become more about ourselves than it has about Jesus. And history has proven this. Do you know that history always repeats itself? They say that, I believe it. The same way we've gone down. You see how the motive for doing this was actually right, because they were trying to win souls. Then rightfully so, they did it. But some of the practices, the evil practices, they lingered on, they managed to stay, they persisted, even in our modern era, look at what they're doing to Jesus. Have you seen that so-called movie, whatever it is Blasphemy, blasphemy you 've not seen it, you've not heard it. you've heard about it. How, how dare you I mean how dare you call Jesus? I mean well he's what gay? How dare you portray Jesus as someone who's sensual? You see how the world now is redefining our Jesus for us. Christmas has become more about Santa Claus than it has. In fact, I believe Christmas is more about Santa Claus than it is about Jesus. That's the truth. When we think about Christmas, be honest, when you think about Christmas, what do you think about first? Santa Claus, right? No. Someone said No. You don't think about Santa Claus. What do you think about? Huh? Food. Yeah, yeah, okay, food. Santa and food. But you see, this this is what, and this is one of the deception that the enemy is using. The true meaning of Christmas has been replaced with something else. I don't know what it's called and we have accepted it. We're going to read a scripture, and I'm going to prove it to you. Do you know that even when Jesus died, let me tell you, look, when Jesus died, I can't remember what that scripture is now. I know, some in the New Testament. When Jesus died, and he rose again, do you know how Judaism came about? You know Judaism, right? Do you know that they don't believe that the Savior has come? They are now waiting for the first coming. Do you know that? Okay, if you don't know, I'm telling you. When Jesus died and rose again, the tomb was rolled away. Do you know what? Do you know what the Sahindri said? Do you know what the high priest said? He said that let us make up a story. I, can someone look for that scripture for me? And create a lie say that the disciples came to steal his body away in attempt to make it look like Jesus rose again. And unfortunately, that story stuck. To this day, the Jews believe it. They believe it. It's there. Moses, please look for that scripture for me. They believe that the disciples came to roll away the, 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 the stone and pull Jesus out, the body of Jesus. And now because they thought that Jesus rose from the dead. This is the trick. This is what the enemy is using deception. This morning, I want you to ask your neighbor, where is your Jesus? Look at your neighbor and say, where is your Jesus? Where Look at somebody else and say, where is your Jesus? My message is very short. But I want us to read a scripture, and we're going we're gonna to see again from Solomon's time. How the church has become depraved and how the church has lost its true meaning in terms of who Christ really is. Okay, 1 Kings 3, verse 16. I'm reading quickly, so follow. It says, now two women who were hallowed came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, oh my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together, no one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. Verse 19. And this woman's son died in the night because she, she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side whilst your servant, your maid servant slept. And laid, her, laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son
0: whom I had born.
2: There are two halots, halots, just prostitutes. One gave birth, another one gave birth three days after. The one who gave birth three, be- uh, three, be- uh, three, uh, three days after slept on her son, mistakenly, and the son died. Woke up at night, switched the babies. Some of us, we replaced the true meaning of Christ and His birth with something else. And that this is this. I've, I've ended my message. I'm done. As we go through Christmas, I want you to think about this. King Solomon was brought with this
0: case, and in our lives, that's exactly how it is.
2: You started off as a Christian. You were loving God. You were loving prayer. You could read the word. You could do your quiet time. But somewhere along the line, the fire was snuffed out. You know deep down, you know, you know deep down right now that the way it used to be, it's not, it's
0: not, it's not the
2: same. You are like, you are like the other halots who slept on a child and killed the child mistakenly. And some of us have killed our baby Jesus. We have. Knowingly or unknowingly we have killed our baby Jesus. Jesus was budding in our hearts. He was growing. He was gaining ground. But somewhere along the line, decided to turn him off. And we replaced him with other things. We replaced him with, you know, our job.
0: Come for Saturday meeting. Oh, I have classes. I have classes. I want to be a valedictorian. I want to be, you know, top of the class. I have classes. You know, your
2: classes close at midday. You can still come for church, but you don't want to come. You're like the harlots. And in this day and age, that's what we've done. Jesus has been replaced with Santa. Jesus has been replaced with Santa. Ask yourself, have have, have I replaced Jesus with something else? Be honest with yourself. Maybe I've replaced Jesus with, you know, my friends. I've replaced Jesus with, you know, my coolness, you know. Some of us, our only aim is to have 2,000 followers by the end of next year. That's all. 2,000 followers. That's all you're looking for. That's all. That's your aim. Just say, that's my goal. Like, if I can hit 2K, then I become a celebrity. You replace Jesus. You don't read your Bible anymore. The Bible says that she she slept on her son mistakenly, and she didn't end there. When she realized what she had done, she took her son, placed it there. The other woman was sleeping. Some of us have lost our Jesus because we've been sleeping. You're asleep. You relaxed. You stopped coming for meetings. You stopped coming for Friday meetings. When we started, you used to come for all nights. But when you say all nights, ah, Uncle wants to what? I doesn't he know that we've gone past all nights? Right now we've stabilized our Christianity. Uh, those who've just begun in the faith are the ones who are supposed to come for all nights. Something else is taking the place of baby Jesus. You need to think on that thing right now. A baby Jesus, the Saviour of the world. Who died? Who was born? He came because of you. Something else is taking its place. I want you to think about this. And for some of us, what we have done is that we... Do you know what spiritual abortion is? I mean, you're spiritual you're abortion, you know not abortion. You find out that you've gone to do something you're not supposed to do. You're pregnant, and I'm speaking to the ladies. You're pregnant, and that foolish boy tells you, you better get an abortion, because I don't know what's going on. I am not the father of this kid, or I will break up with you, whatever. And you foolishly also go and get an abortion. I remember I was, on, I was in school in tech. I, I, was, I, I was eavesdropping. My roommate had done something bad I would hold his name. And he realized that. <laughs> he had slept with a girl and the girl told him that she was pregnant.
0: And he was telling somebody on to like, child,."
2: So he said, he told the girl to get an abortion.
0: Threatened her to get an abortion. The girl got an abortion. And unfortunately, something went wrong. The girl, I mean, you know abortions, sometimes they go
2: through bad doors. You won't see a licensed doctor. You go to some quack doctor and do something, and the girl mistakenly there was something wrong with the procedure. And now he was scared that the girl was going to die. When I was in school. Abortion. Spiritual abortion. You have intentionally killed Jesus. You are a murderer. Some of you, you killed Jesus, you are a
0: murderer. You starved them out of your lives. You are a murderer. You slept on him. Some of you did intentionally. You suffocated him. Can you imagine that baby? Poor little thing. Sleeping, and the mother sleeps on him, fighting for for his or her life. Maybe trying to squirm a little bit, but the mother was too fast asleep. The child was so fast asleep, so dead, so numb, so insensitive. Can not hear Jesus calling, saying, "You're killing me! I'm dying! You're suffocating me out of your, my life! You're choking me!" Don't you do it on purpose. He said, "Jesus, I don't want to serve you no more. I'm done."
2: I mean, you know Mace. No, you won't know. Only some of the facilities uh, will know me. Some wealthy artists became, became a Christian, was a pastor for a season, said, no, I'm done, I can't do this, I'm going back to the world. And some of us, that's all we do. This is my message to you. This is my Christmas message to you today. Where is your baby Jesus? If you lost him, you better find him. You gave him away. Some of you, you gave your baby Jesus. You've given your baby Jesus to foster parents. You said, I don't like this one. Take this one.
0: Yeah! Yeah! That's what we do. Our academics is
2: more important than anything in the world. It's good. But nothing should take the place of Jesus. When the three wise men came, they crossed the lands to see, they follow the star from the east and the Bible says that the star came to
0: settle on the young child and they came before him, they bowed down before him, worshipped and opened their gifts, gold man and
2: frankincense you can rewrite the narrative, the Christmas narrative, but it starts with you find baby Jesus, if you've buried him find him If you've lost him, if you gave him up, find him. This is the season to find him. This is the time to reconnect back to your Jesus. Remember Endgame? Avengers. Whilst the Avengers were having a field day, I mean, they were doing their part, defending the world, Avengers, blah, blah, blah. Thanos was busily gathering the infinity stones. Yes! Yes! Thanos appeared on the scene, I mean, he kept appearing in some of the Marvel movies, but when he appeared in Endgame, where did he start from? Asgard. You see how he laid ways to Asgard? And how many stones did he have? He already had the power stone. And then he took the space stone from what? Asgard, because Asgard was the keeper of the space stone. And then, what? Demar, that foolish looking guy who can control, the way he did bomb me, I hate that guy. So ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is ugly, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> see, and that guy, I mean, he has powers. He can control what? Anything. Rocks, stones. He can make things levitate. That's t- tiny looking screecher, no. He looks like a rotten carrot. Hey! And Dumas said something. Dumas said something. He said, my, my humble personage bows before your presence. And now he can speak English. That'd be what they bore me. That guy can speak blend. My humble personage. Bows before your grandeur. No creature has ever been able to wield one infinity stone, yet, or even more to speak of two, because then Thanos had gotten the second stone. He said, And thou, you have now become the most powerful being in the universe. Why am I saying this? You are sleeping. Someone has come to swap your. You have come to take your Jesus. You are sleeping. The church is sleeping. Thanos was gathering the stones. Look at how he almost, he almost, almost. When I was end game, I said, "Hey, God, don't let my ticket go to waste. I don't want to watch another part. Let Endgame because I thought that I thought that they were going to lose again. I thought I thought the Avengers were going to lose again. Captain Marvel came. I think if Captain Marvel had not arrived, it would have happened. Not true. She's the strongest Avenger now. Thor used to be the strongest, but Captain Marvel is the strongest, that's what I believe. Thor right now he has a pot belly, he's given up, he's retired. Thor's retired. Oh, you don't know. And then it was who? What's his name? Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Today it's not about Iron Man. Iron Man is not the savior of the world. Iron Man is not the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He came to die for you. You know where his TV is written? If you read the accounts of Isaiah 9, 6, they say that unto us, a son, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And upon him, the government, of the sho- uh, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That is he who was born. Whether it's 23th or 26th you need to wake up. We need to wake up. My time is up but we need to wake up because if not just like it was in the early day and with the church our Christianity will be snuffed out our Jesus will be taken away our Jesus will be replaced with something that looks like Jesus but is not Jesus. You think you're worshipping Jesus, but you may not be worshipping Jesus. Don't be like the Avengers who are sitting down. That's why Iron Man was so angry. He was so angry with Captain America. He said, when I told you that we needed to build a suit around the world, you said, no, we'll, what? We will lose. We will fight together. And Iron Man said, we'll lose. Then what? Captain America said, we'll lose together. Iron Man was so mad because he had seen, he had a vision. And you're not careful. Look, as Christians, we're living in a bubble. We're happy, playing church. Everything's fine. Yeah, Christmas, we're sharing gifts. I said this at an all night, but you're living in a bubble. When that bubble pops and hell breaks loose, then you will see. Now is the time to rise up. Now is the time to find your Jesus. Now is the time to hold on to Him. Now is the time to allow Jesus to grow in your heart. Allow baby Jesus to grow. If you've lost him, find him. Guard him. Let him be precious. Let him hold on to him with all your might, with all your soul. Look at somebody and say, Where is your Jesus? Look at another person and say, Where is your baby Jesus? Tell another person, don't sleep. Oh, don't sleep. This is my message for you this morning. And I want you to think on it. We're going to pray shortly. And I'm not going, look, I'm not going to spend time begging you guys. If you know you've lost your baby Jesus, you just come. When I call, you just come. You know that Jesus, look, Jesus is not in your life. You don't even hear his voice anymore. Come. If you've not given your life to Christ and we do an altar call, don't wait for us to say, we need you. no, 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 no. You just come. And make a commitment. Rededicate your life back to Christ. This is the time. Now is the time. Make that decision and say, Jesus, I lost my way. I lost you. But I'm ready to come back. And once I find you, I'm holding on to you. I'm not letting go. Even if it means holding on to the edge of your garment, the hem of your garment, if I will, hold on with all my might, with all my strength. Stand to your feet. Someone come, um, is Ivan here or come play? No, uh, yeah, the pianist, and I want you to close your eyes and just begin to meditate on the.